It's good morning and uh, it's good to uh, come and share from the gospel again with you this morning. I stood up here this morning, I thought, oops, the pulpit's come up a bit higher since I was last year. So I might be on my tippy toes this morning. Uh, we're looking at a passage uh, of scripture this morning which is very challenging. The whole Sermon on the Mount, of course, is, is a challenging uh, passage for each of us uh, to take hold of in our lives. And the section that we are dealing with is how believers would deal with enemies or even the whole emotion, perhaps even of revenge. We have trouble in the world, great trouble, and much of it is to do with um, people seeking my rights, my revenge. I want you to listen to a song. We're going to take a few of you back for a while uh, to Johnny Cash. He wrote a song probably 40 years ago, maybe back in the 60s. And this is the song, and I'll make a few comments about it in a minute. I want you to listen carefully as Phil plays it for us. Mother's word. 
You probably haven't heard that song at the beginning of a message uh, in any church, anywhere, I wouldn't have thought. Uh, Billy's mum gave him some sound advice, don't take your guns to town. He did. Um, he went in with an expression of wanting to be a man, a strong man. Um, but he didn't listen to advice, that was one thing, and uh, put it into practice. Jesus has given us advice in living in the world of difficulty, where pressure is given upon us, perhaps, and even in terms of uh, vengeance, revenge. I'm sure each of you here this morning have heard the expression, father like son, or you might have said they are peas in a pod or a chip off the old block. I'm sure you've uh, heard that in one way or one form. And they're all references, uh, of course, looking or referring to the child looking like the parent. Now, at school, at times, I've had to write a character reference of a child that might uh, be referred to me. And I know what family that person comes from. You know exactly, basically, what you're going to write because the characteristics of that family are pretty much going to be with that child, generally speaking, because the family has a reputation. And then being in God's family too, your attitudes compared to those out there in the world will be quite different because in God's family we have a quality about us that is outstanding from the general population. Why? Because you are God's child. Now, in my family, I know that people say that Bethany resembles me. Uh, She's a humanities student and I'm a humanities teacher. And Claire resembles mum because she's a doctor, medical doctor. And Claire's a very keen science student. And that's how the genetic pool has worked itself out in our family. We have one of each. I wonder if you uh, take after a parent and in what way. It's a good thing for children to take on the good characteristics of a child. Probably parents say after they've seen their children doing something, that's not my child. (laughs) A good parent is proud of a child who chooses the wise advice of a parent and puts into practice what they have been taught because uh, the child pleases our parent. Well, the context of this passage today before us in Matthew, of course, is drawn from Jesus' teaching on the Sermon on the Mount. Now, this uh, message, of course, is given to a group of people 2,000 years ago. It's not given to the wide world, but given to all those who would listen. And we know back in three, uh, chapter 5, earlier on, we know that there were people who were meek. Well, Jesus said, blessed are the meek, the humble, the merciful. And we find these, these characteristics, I'm sure, of those people who come to listen to Jesus because you don't come to listen unless you humble yourself because you acknowledge that you are weak and you need to learn something. And so these people come to hear the Lord Almighty. And the section of the Sermon on the Mount that is before us today concerns... Our gracious Lord exploring uh, the moral law of the Jews, specifically revenge or actions against those who would hurt us. And we know that the um, Jewish people had ideas of justice and revenge for a long, long time. But before we go on and look at that, I just would make one, the first point is that revenge 
or feeling thoughts of revenge and disquiet to another is a natural response to hurt. If someone hurts you, your natural response is that you want to strike back or retaliate. It's natural. Our feelings are being hurt. The natural way is to kick back. I wonder if I can take some of you back to 1942-43. I don't know how many would go back that far. My dad was going off to war, but it wasn't World War II. He was actually going to Maxwell High School in Grade 8. And he used to get on where he lived at Uangai and go to Maxwell High on the train. He was a terrible time for him. He disliked school. He used to catch, I think it was the North Coast Mail, from Uangai to Maxwell and back uh, on the day. And he was being confronted by a bully time and time and time again who had been picking on him for weeks. And one day as they were getting out, I think it was getting back onto the train after school, this guy was picking my dad. My dad had had enough. Now, my dad is a quiet, reserved bloke. Today he's a godly man of 90 and in the winter of his life. But on that day, he's probably a 12, 13-year-old, after receiving a verbal onslaught, my dad attacked that bully. And he related how from Maxwell to Yuengai, all the way home, those two fought on that train. They wrestled. You can imagine it, can't you? Going through uh, tunnels, these two young boys at it. I guess it was a movie. You could hear the music going up and down. And I wonder who you'd be cheering for. Now, because it's blood and blood in my family, I'm, I'm going for my dad. And you'd be saying, hang in there, Neely boy, hang in there. And yes, hit him, hit him, hit the other cheek, I would be saying. Take the brute down. Get that dog. That's probably how I would feel in my natural self. Well, Jesus gives a supernatural response to our feelings of how we might respond out there in the world. And with the rights and wrongs of that, we could debate for quite a long time, couldn't we? And I admit I struggle with Jesus' teachings with the words. If they actually do mean physically turning the other cheek in respect to bullies to give way to them. Although I know and I can see the idea that Jesus is behind it in my natural self, I want to give back, give some medicine to that bully who is picking on me. But as God's child, I now need to give way to God's ways, his principles in my life. I'm not saying there's no room for physical correction of evil. And my dad might even argue today he was disciplining the culprit. <laughs> well, soon after that account, my dad gave up school. He went back to his family farm. He gave up in year eight and he worked on that farm until later on going off to the equivalent of Tate, where he studied, did his leaving certificate, went into the Methodist ministry. And you know what? Since that fight, no one's ever dared to take him on. <laughs> Although he's had family sitting in his congregation out, out in the country, New South Wales, where they have been split and been fighting together, where they've come to church one side on the other and they haven't spoken to each other. So there's real issues, isn't there, about disquiet and fighting. Um, and so uh, that's where we are this morning in, as we're looking at this issue. And we heard just a few minutes ago this song by Johnny Cash, Leave Your Guns at Home, Don't Take your guns to town, Billy. And they're good lyrics, aren't they, for this message, I think. Uh, last week in RI, grade one, I was looking, walking around the war, and there on the message 
On the wall were the messages of my sermon. I thought, I can't believe this, because here's these messages to grade one to what happens when they get into conflict. Here were, here were some of them. Uh, walk away, take a deep breath, count to ten, um, and so on. Well, we find that Jesus responds here uh, to this whole idea of uh, the Jewish practice of, of seeking to get back, and I'll come back in that in a few minutes. And Jesus uses vivid imagery. Now, we know that already he's used imagery in verse 9 of cut your hand off or take out your eye. And his imagery is to uh, get our attention. It's to take some sort of decisive action of self-control. And we have here with turning the cheek about not hitting back, not to retaliate, not to react, but to, to respond. And Jesus is giving a kingdom perspective, a very different perspective for an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. And the kingdom perspective that Jesus is giving is to believers, you be generous to one's enemies. A quality, this generosity that God the Father has given to you, you do to your enemies. Love your enemies is what God is saying. Love your enemies is what God did in sending the Lord Jesus to you and to me and reaching out to us. We were rebels. He reached out to us in love. His response to us, to adopt us as citizens of the kingdom of God, is a supernatural response well we note, notice the section of scripture opening with these words you've heard what it said an eye for an eye a tooth for a tooth and that's the old testament reference also as practiced by the ancient babylonians so we're looking at ancient justice principles and in a sense nothing greatly wrong with that because there's a real restriction of punishment that could be given out it's known as lex talionis. It's to limit revenge. You could not overdo your recompense. There's this uh, limit to what could be done in securing justice. So if someone does something to you that you don't go back and you overdo it in getting your recompense. But now Jesus takes it further. And as in all of his teachings, he goes to the spirit of an action. Not just... In terms of legalism, Jesus is effectively looking at the motivation of an individual. He does not want his people to be those of how the world operate. That is of revenge, of retaliation, of where might is right, of acting out one's murderous heart. He's only just spoken about in anger, in thinking. He says, we've murdered Christian has a different agenda. The Christian, you, I, in our communities, have a agenda of building up a person's and not tearing down, of giving mercy as you have received mercy. We see here Jesus has got a ministry of empowering people. And he's saying here to his listeners to empower other people by generosity. We see there are four illustrations he uses of turning the other cheek in view of assault, 39. We have the uh, illustration of a stolen garment in verse 40. He uses the illustration of going the extra mile to the governing authority. 
in 41 and in 43, the illustration of giving, sharing your property, not expecting anything back. Now, Jesus, in all of this, is using very radical imagery, isn't it? It's county cultural. You'll never go to sleep in one of Jesus' sermons. You'd be saying, what did he say? What did he mean? And how does that work? Now, in the examples that we're given here, these illustrations of being generous, we see that there is this denial of self, of giving up one's rights, my rights, under Jesus, are dealt a pretty hefty blow. And Jesus is saying to your natural self, give it away and go God's way, a way that is committed to love those around us in our world, though they might not love you. Why? Because you are his. You belong to his family, like father, like son, like daughter, in coming to faith in the Lord Jesus, in trusting him, he sends his spirit to you and gives life to you, and spirit gives life to spirit. You know how generous God has been to you. And now you are to be generous to the world that is lost, the world that impinges on you, infringes your rights, if you like, even hurts you. And Jesus says in verse 39, in response to hurt done um, to me, he says, I am to turn the other cheek in a real uh, reference not take my guns to town, not to pursue an eye for an eye, not to change the old or not to chase the old way of the law. It was an eye for an eye, a cheek for a cheek. I would get hit by a cheek so I could go and hit his cheek. No, he says, you are to offer the other cheek. In other words, radical change in attitude from getting back what I think is mine to being generous. I am to turn away from the old way of doing things, lex talionis, an eye for an eye, and I am now to do it God's way, Christ's way. And Christ's way is altogether other-centred. And that's where the challenge is to you and for me, isn't it? Because we are born self-centred. We're always dealing with it. Now we've been born Christians. We have the spirit of life, but we still war the natural man against the spiritual man. But Jesus' whole attitude is now to those around us is, what can I do for you? What can I do for you? Martin Lloyd-Jones, that great Welsh preacher, tells the story of Billy Bray in Wales, who's in the mines, also a great boxer in the early 1900s. And in, uh, this is in Cornwell. This uh, man became a Christian and evangelist, this very, very good boxer. Now, one of these... Uh, one of the men who knew Bray and stood in awe of his boxing skills thought, well, here's my opportunity because I can get him and maybe not he's not going to hit me back. So while Bray wasn't looking one day, down the mines, this other fellow came and hit Bray so hard his jaw nearly broke. And this is how Bray responded, said, probably through broken teeth and mouth that's bloody, may God forgive you even if I do and no more. Now, the man, I'm told by in Martin Lloyd-Jones' account, hid for two days in absolutely 
He was petrified to exactly what he did. What did I just do to this wonderful boxer? Brain never actually hit him or anything like that. And that guy who was petrified to hit him actually became a believer later on. Lloyd-Jones, in raising this illustration, says, Our Lord desires in us to produce a spirit that does not take offence easily at such things, but does not seek immediate means of retaliation. Jones also says, what our Lord is getting is that I am not concerned about myself, my personal honour, and so on. Just as Billy was in that song by Johnny Cash, where he was taunted and so he pulled his gun and he shot. So then the citizen of heaven, and that is what you and I are, We've been given mercy and we are to have mercy on even those who even hurt us. To those who are blind, to those who are deceived, just as you were, just as I were or was. And in considering this hard teaching before us this day of turning the other cheek, which is a turning away from the old way, turning to the new way, we might remember Jesus just prior to his crucifixion. He too, in actually a physical sense, he was struck on the side of the face by a temple guard. This is how Jesus responded. He said this, If I have said anything wrong, you must prove it. But I am speaking the truth. Why are you beating me? In other words, Jesus gets hit in the face. But he says, your actions are illogical. Why are you doing it? Jesus doesn't flinch. Jesus doesn't hint back, but he challenges the stupidity of it. Jesus has done nothing wrong. He gets hit in the face. Why are you doing it? In effect, he's saying to the offender, you're out of order. The offender, one would hope, went away and thought about Jesus' words concerning his actions. We see here the offender is not let off. He is brought face to face to what he's done. So then we see this phrase, turn the other cheek, is an idiom expressing my generous spirit towards the offender. It does not directly mean I should allow violent behaviour against me or my household. You imagine in Christian schools we have a policy, oh, we're going to turn the other cheek if we have a fight in the playground. That's not on, it's silly. That behaviour should be confronted. Anyone who hits someone else in our community like that should be confronted. Assault is not on. Assault is criminal. Second illustration of kingdom lived in an evil world is of being generous with your personal property, even with your clothes. Again, we have this picture of fairly extreme. In this situation before us, someone, we are told, Jesus is telling the story, demands one's outer garment. And one's warmth is taken away. But Jesus then says, you be that generous to this person that you give them the undergarment as well, which means now you're really going to be cold. But not only are you going to be cold, you're going to be naked. And this whole sense of self-abasement. Now, this is a great picture of generosity, isn't it? It's to a huge extent. A number of years ago, I was in Papua New Guinea. And um, I was up there with an organisation called APCM and I was talking to a young Christian national. He said he had two shirts. That's all he had. 
two shirts. And he had one out on the line. He went out to get it on that line. It wasn't there the morning he went looking for it. He saw it walking down the street on the back of another national. He went up to that fellow and this is what he said. He said, God loves you. I love you. And you can keep the shirt. Let me ask you, would you and I do that? I don't think I'd do that. It's incredible, revolutionary. And that's exactly what Jesus is talking about. This incredible generosity. I'm not promoting my right to the shirt, but reflecting on this guy's lostness. You can keep the shirt, but God loves you. And there's nearly here too a confrontation, isn't it? You took my shirt. What have you done? He's confronted by his evil. Evil people should never be uh, let off. They need to be confronted by the evil they do. Well, the third illustration is going the extra mile. We've heard it in our society, haven't we? We said, oh, you need to go the extra mile. And in the society of the Jews, we had Roman soldiers who were the invading party of the land talking to the Jews, come, you've got to take my pack for one mile. But Jesus says, no, you take it for one mile and then go another mile. Imagine the Jewish attitude towards the Romans. There's hatred, there's angst in your land, running the place, telling you what to do. Pick that up. You pick it up, you take it for a mile. I'll take it to you for another mile. Jesus keeps in all these illustrations. Be surprising, O Christian. Go the extra mile and smile. Smile at the person giving the order. Hopefully that person will be greatly puzzled. What's going on here? Why is this person so willing to do this? Why is this person so generous? Fourth example is to lend your property freely and without exception of return. Again, what is here is Jesus is empowering your neighbour's welfare of being a blessing and not expecting anything in return. So before us, we have these four examples of generosity and some to the very, very extreme of how to respond to evil done to you. Generosity of spirit is very different to revenge, isn't it? You can have a generous spirit, you can have a revengeful spirit, which is going to be the most helpful for you in the end, which is going to be the most helpful for the person, the perpetrator that you're looking at too. Jesus' way is the best way. In Jesus' teaching, what we have before us is that we have self-abasement, we have sacrifice, and we see here it is a work of God, don't we? We see it's a work of God in Christ towards us, and that love that he's given to us is now to be transferred from you and to me to others. Father-like, son-like daughter. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, Lutheran pastor in Nazi Germany. He said this, Christians are a surprising people. Christians are a surprising people because of their great generosity. Why? Because the king and the kingdom belong to you. And that's what this second couplet that was read to us in Matthew 5 by Phil says, Jesus summarises what has already been gone on before when he says, love your enemy. 
Remember, in, I think in 43, it says, You have heard it said, love your friends and hate your enemy. Well, that wasn't in the scriptures. That's obviously come from probably the Pharisees' interpretation. Jesus says this, love your enemy. And it's exactly what God the Father has done to the world. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son to a rebellious, hostile world. He continues to do so. Our Heavenly Father, as we see, as Jesus says so plainly, sends rain on the righteous, on the unrighteous alike. We love others because he loved us. We were rebels. He loved us. We're now his children. We're now his offspring. Showing forth the characteristics of the family. Born afresh of the spirit. Born through the wonderful work on Calvary by his son. And because we are his children, we are to resemble him. And we want to please him and what we do. Believers are born into a kingdom of love, initiated by great love and sacrifice. You might remember Paul's words to the people at Philippi. How great is God's love that he has lavished it upon us. This love we note in 47, as Jesus' words, is not conditional as the world's love is This is costly love. It is God's love. And it is to overflow, overflow even to our enemies. Our enemies might seek to hurt us. It is true. But we just seek to bless and overcome with evil and with good. And that's the teaching of this day. Not to get back as the old way, but to give, to lift up, to build where we can. Now some words of counsel and respect all of this and maybe some but questions you're going Martin but 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 in reading the teachings of the passage before us we need to be careful we don't just jump in as before scripture and come to an immediate conclusion there's to be considerable consideration and meditation on scripture and need to carefully see what the passage is saying and what it's not saying. Some folk come in at this point with this passage and they say because of this teaching by Jesus, evil should not be restrained or opposed in our society. Tolstoy, the Russian novelist, ended up at this point. No police. We don't respond to evil. We let it happen. Now just imagine for a moment what the world would be like if there was no police. If there was no courts. If there was no parliament, well, Colin wouldn't have a job if that was happening. But imagine if Hitler was not opposed and overthrown all the Japanese in World War II, all the murder and the abuse in our streets. Evil needs to be limited. It must be controlled and opposed. And this passage is not trying to stop the restraint of evil by courts and governments. Years ago in our communities, and I've heard this from police have told me, they had a little bit more authority and respect in bad-behaving youth and rebel-making. And some youth also have said back to me they would get a good kick up the rear end by a hefty copper that would put them right. And today, the police probably would be up for assault. But they're for a reason, to enforce the law, to enact the law, to correct, to direct... And Jesus' words here are not about stopping justice being given. No, the passage is not saying that at all. But it is saying something of my attitude to evildoers as a citizen of the kingdom of God. 
a Christian man who lost his daughter to a vile attack in Sydney, said this to a friend of mine. He said this, I pray for those men every day. And yet he'd lost his daughter. I'd like to finish this morning. Is this response that Jesus wants us possible? In my attitude, I am to be like the father and my older brother, Jesus. It is true. And as you and I might say, this is pretty hard because I don't measure up. In verse 48, the words of Jesus, be perfect as your father is perfect. Are these words surreal? How can I be perfect? In my natural self, I'm never going to be perfect. An Australian serviceman in World War II told me one day after he'd fought the Japanese, and he said this, I will never love the Japanese. Natural self? Very, very true. You and I are in the same boat. I think it's probably just fair to say, if you really knew me, you probably wouldn't want to know me. And maybe I might say the reverse to you too, so we're both in the same boat there. We're all frail people. Martin Luther says this, this word is too high and too hard that anyone can fulfil it in their natural selves. And he's right. None of us can exhibit godly character in your natural selves unless something dramatically changes, such as you've been born of God's spirit. And that's with God's way. All things are possible. And so Jesus speaks about this seemingly impossible thing. He speaks about the possible of loving your enemy because of the kingdom. We are people of God, born of the spirit, people who have been given a helper. You don't have to react alone. You respond with God in your life. It's through him, his enabling, his help that we're told we can reach it. So with God, nothing is impossible. It's not impossible with God. In conclusion, in our world, you and I are going to come up against hatred. We're going to come up against opposition, deception, robbery, assault, verbal abuse. This goes on and you could keep going on as well. How are we to respond? Well, we don't take our guns to town, as Billy did in Johnny Cash's song. No. Jesus said we are to respond as our Heavenly Father does towards us in mercy, in generosity of spirit, like father, like son, like daughter. A friend of mine, Nurse and Kiston, lost his, he's a Salvation Army minister now in the United States. He uh, said this recently on the 25th anniversary of the loss of his dad at Port Arthur. He said this about the killer. And he's taken his father away from him when they were just in their early 20s, the two boys. He said, I forgive the killer. I forgive him. That's incredibly costly, isn't it? Incredibly gracious. Very generous when someone has taken away your loving dad. But Nurson doesn't release him from prison. Nurson speaks about Jesus did 200 years ago. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Here we find then that in a Christian's life there's be sacrificial love, prayer, great generosity, like father, like son. It's the love that Jesus gave to Zacchaeus as he saw them ripping everyone off in his community by taking tax. 
don't know what circumstances you're being through, you're going through, what hurt you have suffered. But I know that the answer lies in the Lord Jesus and to look to him. And you are, I am to look at God's grace. Turn away from our own natural made solutions. Love one of enemies. To build up, not tear down. And we are to pray. Pray. Commit it to God. Allow him to direct your path. Give him the hurt, the pain. Draw on him. Allow him and allow him to bless you and through you. The main man of history. The one who really knows what life and death is about has spoken powerfully this morning. We do well to listen to him. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, very difficult passage for us. Uh, Our natural tendency is to hit out where there is hurt, to defend our fort. And yet we see here this incredible generosity that we're reminded that you've given to us and we are to give to those outside us even those who hurt us incredible generosity the generosity of your love lavished upon us and we thank you amen